Hey friends, before we get started today, I wanted to let you know about a special opportunity we have running over at Fizzle right now. If you sign up for membership by September 23rd, we're running a special annual discount that will save you money on everything you need to start and grow a meaningful, sustainable small business. This discount offer includes a full year of Fizzle membership and a bunch of special bonuses like a website evaluation from the Fizzle team, a full year of premium WordPress hosting from Flywheel, and a brand new course on affiliate marketing with Matt Giovannisi. There's a bunch more included, so if you've been considering Fizzle membership or if you're looking for a reason to jump back in, head over to fizzle.co and get the full scoop. This offer will be live until Monday, September 23rd, 2019, and we hope to see you inside. Hey there, welcome to The Fizzle Show. I'm Corbett Barr, and this is our podcast about building meaningful, sustainable small businesses and earning a living independently doing something you really care about. This is a special Friday member-focused episode. Every Friday, we publish a new episode featuring questions from Fizzle members, along with occasional success stories and live coaching. This is being recorded live with Fizzle members in our online audience. If you'd like to join us and get your question featured on an upcoming podcast episode, head over to fizzle.co and start a free 14-day trial of Fizzle membership. Today, I'm joined by the full Fizzle team, including Jen Rayow. Hey, Jen. Hey, guys. What's up? Hey, and also Joe Kearns. Hey, Joe. Hey there. Thanks, both of you, for being here. And today is a very special episode because we have a guest today. On these Friday member-focused episodes of the show, we'll occasionally be sharing success stories from current and former Fizzle members, and today we have one such story, this one from Brendan Hufford. Brendan Hufford, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me, Corbett. Uh, um, I'm excited. I'm excited as well. Uh, to start off with, uh, when did you first become a Fizzle member? So I'm, I'm still a Fizzle member. Um, I will probably forever be a fizzle member, uh, <laughs> because I, I first, I had to look, I had to check in my billing history and look April, 2015, nice. 2015. All right. You're an OG uh, in the fizzle world. Yeah. It goes back, uh, over four years, I guess. And, um, we wanted to have you on today. We've, we've talked quite a bit, us uh, outside of fizzle, uh, in a work context, usually about SEO because that's what you've become an expert in. But um, for people listening to this, maybe give us a rundown of your business. What does it look like today? How does it function? I see you on YouTube. You've got a blog, a podcast, all this kind of stuff happening. How does your business run and and where do you earn money? Yeah. So right now um, I do a bunch of different things just because the skill set of SEO means I can provide value to everybody. So it kind of, you know, everybody wants more traffic from search. So I get my hands into a million different things. Uh, I was a teacher for 10 years uh, and an assistant principal for two of those because we let 18 year olds decide what they want to do with their lives, uh, which is kind of a mistake. <laughs> wait, wait a second. You were what, like a high school teacher? Yeah, I was a high school teacher. So when I joined Fizzle in 2015, uh, I was a high school teacher and was just trying to figure out building stuff on the side. And that's kind of progressed. I started a Brazilian jiu-jitsu company, figured out imports and exports, realized that wasn't going to be the thing. I had kind of joined Fizzle with that already as my business. And I was trying to make what I was learning in Fizzle apply to it. And what I learned over time was this: it wasn't going to become a full-time thing. It was really difficult to even do it as a part-time thing. Um, so I ended up selling the blogs and the, the whole company and everything to two separate people. 
And what the the jujitsu company, what was that called again? Uh, so I had gearreviews.net where people were just, I became like the, this is before influencer marketing was a thing. So people were just sending me their uniforms from their companies and I would review them and make videos and podcasts and do all the media around it. Um, I, I realized that people were making a living from reviewing cameras and stuff. And I'm like, well, I could just do this for jujitsu things. Um, so I started gearreviews.net and then I realized that they were spending about $25, $50, and I was helping them make $10,000. And I was like, mm, there's something missing here. So <laughs> I started making my own. I figured out, like I said, the imports, the exports. I started my own brand called OK Kimonos. Um, I don't know, it, it stood for Original Kids Kimonos. I saw the future of jujitsu being uh, very much like what Taekwondo is, where it's very much like a kid's sport and sport, a youth martial art. What I didn't realize is that the market for really cool high-end kids things, like most parents just bought whatever their local dojo or gym had there. They weren't looking online. They weren't. And also, if I wanted to get into the wholesale account, I'd made friends with all the other owners. And the only way through, through gereviews.net, the only way that I was going to be able to get those wholesale accounts would be to take them from people who are my friends. And I was just like, oh, so it was going good. We made adult sizes too. And it was a lot of fun. Uh, and that ran until about 2016, like I said, when I sold it. And uh, Fizzle Show listeners may recall OK Kimonos. I feel like we featured you once or twice on episodes, probably back in 2015, 2016, either questions from you or uh, other things that you had sent in. So that definitely rings a bell for me. Um, okay, so you started with jujitsu, and a lot of us start in that way, I'd say, with with something that we're interested in, um, and then we start putting the pieces together in terms of what is being what is being an online business entail, and what are all the different things that I have to be good at. Uh, in your case, you were actually making or importing products, which is a whole another ball of wax, right? Another yeah. thing to worry about. Um, and um, how did you transition from that? Um, it was. I, to be honest with you, it was either a question of I'm going to sell it or I'm going to shut it down. You tell people you sold a business and they think you like exited, like it's some sort of tech company and you had this exit and really like we just put some new tile in the bathroom. Like it wasn't like a lot of money or anything, but it was cool to be able to sell it to somebody who cared about it and was able to keep it going. It still lives in the world and stuff. And that's great. Um, the, the next is like I'll be honest with you I went through like this weird like mourning period where I was really sad and I didn't I a lot of my identity was really trapped in that um and I was like all right I need to figure out my next thing and a lot of it came from just me looking at my local friends who had businesses and thinking how can I help them I didn't know a lot about social media I got very lucky that I was building my online business when social media had a hundred percent reach do you all remember, remember yeah. that when you could post something on facebook and everybody saw it it was great um so i didn't i was like i don't know how to do social media anymore but i did know seo so i helped some friends who were local business owners and one of them was a photographer and i was like huh there's something here photographers struggle with the business side of like everything that a lot of them just consider themselves to be artists they're more concerned with their cameras and their gear and the photos than like how do I actually get clients and things? How do I market myself? So I was like, all right, maybe there's something there. And that's where I was really lucky the, with the, the fizzle roadmap at that point, the small business roadmap. And I was like, all right, I'm just going to start. And if you look in the old, the, the archives of the old forums, like you'll see a thread of like, I was just going through every single video, every single and like, I'm just going to follow this blueprint and see where it takes me. 
I ended up creating this thing called Photo MBA. Uh, sounds smart in my head, um, like you know, you're an MBA and photography business or something. Uh, the problem is when you write the URL out, it looks like Photomba or like photo. <laughs> Does it make sense? Yeah. Uh, I think that's like P- Penn Island that uh, you guys can look at laugh. 100%. 100%. A little less, uh, a little more PG. A little less graphic. Yeah. <laughs> that's so funny. Okay. So you've got Photomba. Yeah, so I had Photomba, um, and that still runs. It still exists. Uh, that helped me get a lot of my first clients. I, at one point, was the SEO person behind, like, the top four photographers in Pittsburgh. They just all oh, were wow. friends, and they were like, look, we don't really see each other's competition, so if we can all rank really well, we're cool with that. Um, so they were all, cl- all four people were clients at that point. Um, and just started picking up more photographers in Mexico and Chicago and all these other places, and it was really cool. And it became, like, I was the SEO for photographers guy. And that went really good. Uh, I was trying to think, like, should I quit? Again, like, I was teaching. Should I quit teaching? I don't know what to do. And you're um, still teaching full-time. At that point, I was, yeah. You're still trying to make teenagers behave properly and get an education. Pretending like I care about lesson plans and curriculum maps. And, like, my, my heart never changed. Just still, like, trying to build into the lives of these kids who, like, I actually, you know, did care about. Because, like, by... 16, 17, they're just like young adults. Like you can talk to them like regular people and stuff. It was really amazing. But the bureaucracy of the education system and what it has to be for whatever, we won't dive into it. But like, that was hard. That was really hard for me. Uh, I have, I don't know if I'm necessarily an entrepreneur, but I definitely have entrepreneurial tendencies and it makes me hard. I'm uh, what uh, Gretchen Rubin would call a questioner. Uh, I, if, if rules don't make sense, like I'm going to push back really hard if there's rules for the sake of rules. So it's, it's hard to for me to be led by somebody uh, who's a little more like autocratic like that. Um, uh, I think that's probably common for entrepreneurs. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm I'm the exact same way. It's really hard for me to even to hire someone to do a, a role unless I really respect that person, you know, and and um, feel like they can do a great job. So there's something in that, right? And and maybe there's something about that that causes us to start to look for things to do on our own. Absolutely. I was doing the the client thing and the teaching thing. And um, I just sought out a lot of either, you know, in the fizzle forms as well as just like in real life, like as many people as I had connections with, I'm like, what should I do? Oh, uh, what I need to do here. And insurance was like, I'm married. I have three little kids now um, trying to figure out insurance. And I don't think it's political to say that like in, insurance in the United States can swing every four to eight years could totally change. And that was made me really nervous that it could be one way and then I'm doing really well. And then we have a new uh, political party take power or a new president and it totally changes. So I was like, all right, I, I'm not real sure about that if I want to go full time with this because you know, I'm taking care of everybody around me. Somebody's like, why don't you just go work at an SEO agency? And I had genuinely never considered that. I had always considered it was going to be teaching and then every summer I would be like, this is the summer that I quit my job. And I would tell, I told myself that for like five yeah. years um, and all of the, you know, like there's, I think there can be, and I'm sure people listening will understand this. There can be a lot of shame when you set a goal, like by the end, by 2020, I'm going to quit my job and do my thing. And then you don't. And it's like, you just feel bad about yourself because you set these weird arbitrary timelines. Um, the end of a school year is just as arbitrary as January 1st, 2020. Um, and, uh, you know, I just looked around and I, I had the opportunity to join a really amazing 
digital agency here in Chicago. I'm the SEO director at Click Studios. They love that I'm entrepreneurial. This was something we talked about in the interview process. Like, what does this look like long-term? What do you want? What do I want? And they're 100% supportive of all that. So I get to have this great day job, this aligned life where I focus on one thing all the time. Um, and then all of this other kind of cool stuff, I guess we could call it on the side, but it, it really kind of just all overlaps at this point. That's amazing. And, and the studio that you work for, they're based in Chicago. They've got an office in Denver as well. How many people work there? About 50. Okay. And uh, they win accolades for the work that they do. They're kind of an all-encompassing digital media studio. Yeah, our, I would say our design work. Uh, as much as I would love to toot our, my own horn and be like, our marketing is tops, our design is really, really good. Um, yeah. Really fantastic web design agency. And then, but the thing is, I also get to work on, you know, doing my straight up SEO thing. But also, you know, when we redesign a website, the design of a website really can impact positively or negatively the SEO. And when you're working on a half or quarter million dollar website design, um, having a dedicated person to be like, don't get rid of all the footer links. Like, don't turn the homepage into nothing. Um, you know, don't just make it a picture because uh, it looks cool. Um, having my voice in there really means a lot for our clients and really helps our clients kind of get results and stuff. So it's, and I get to work with, you know, like $100 million venture-backed startups that would never work with necessarily, maybe at least not Brendan Hufford, but they'll work with Click Studios and I get to have all of these really amazing experiences and also be surrounded very much like the, the physical community with just people doing amazing things um, and working really hard at their craft, which is different than mine. I get to learn a ton and I love that. What I love about this is, first of all, um, so many people overlap, uh, overlook this transitional step, or maybe it's not even transitional, but this this other path that takes you from the job that you aren't connected with don't feel like it's your calling. You can't see yourself doing it for the rest of your life. The reason that you start looking for something entrepreneurial, they overlook this other path, which takes you into, yes, you know, working for someone, but you're doing it. Uh, you're doing something that you really feel passionate about that you really want to learn about. And they're so supportive of you doing your own thing that you no longer feel, like you're living a lie, right? You feel like everything's aligned and um, all working towards the same goal. And you're, they give you this flexibility and freedom to build this other thing, which, you know, will be something or is something already. On top of all that, you're working in a field that's allowing you to learn your craft, which in your case is SEO, in a way that you wouldn't be able to learn on your own as Brendan Hufford, because like you said, you're working for these massive accounts. You're seeing inside of websites that you wouldn't have access to otherwise. You're seeing the effects of little tweaks happen so much quicker than if you were working on little websites that had, you know, tens or even hundreds of thousands of visitors, because you're seeing millions of visitors, these little tweaks can, can add up or, or subtract from a site really quickly. So you're getting all these benefits at once. You're getting a paycheck, you're doing something you love, you're learning deeply about this thing and you're building your project on the side. So that, for all those reasons, I'm a huge fan of taking this kind of path. Yeah. I, uh, two things like, Number one, I think what we really want is, well, we, we all say we want different things, but what we really want and what really drives a lot of us is this feeling of like hope for the future. My future is going to be better than it is today. I'm working okay. towards this great future. Um, 
that's something I've been thinking about a lot recently and really dwelling on of like, how do I bottle that and give that to more people? Like, and I, that's one of the reasons, and I'm, I'm going to keep talking about this because if people haven't checked it out, this, we all just want to know what the next step is towards that. Right. And when you know the next like five or six steps and you know, there's some after that, but you don't need to know what they are today because they don't matter yet. Like when you know what those are, all of a sudden it's like, I'm going to get there. Like we're going, like, you know, how you get excited before a trip and stuff. You're like, I, you know, I don't know like what seat I'm sitting in on the plane and whatever else, but I'm going to be here. I'm going to be this, this new place soon. Um, and that's why I like, like the roadmap. I, I'm going to keep harping on this because we get told, well, research your audience and do all these things. And you hear these ideas and stuff, but it's like, no, no, no. Like here's actually step-by-step step how to do it. And then you just move on to the next thing. And it, it breeds this like, uh, kind of momentum and hope in you of like, all right, cool. I'm going to get there. Like, just keep, just got to keep doing the next thing. Uh, I also read a book, uh, called overlap by Sean McCabe, um, mm-hmm. is what Sean West, I think.com. Uh, and that, that book was literally like, I wish I had this a little bit earlier. Um, cause it, it's literally just like, take your thing you have now overlap it with the next thing. And then you're just going to pretty much like, we are all going to continue overlapping things for the rest of our lives. Um, so that was really helpful too. So go ahead, Joe. That's actually just a great point. I think that's something that so many people look past. And um, I think it was, was it, I'm blanking on the name. Was it Scott Kelly? What's the name of the the guy who creates Dilbert? And I I think he talks about that idea that, you know, if you're trying to pick one particular skill to be the best in the world at, you're going to be facing so much competition. You know, it's like, well, how am I going to beat everybody that has the natural talent or the decades of experience? But when you combine those two things together, it's like, okay, if you're better than 80% of people at, let's say, SEO and better than 80% at public speaking, and then, you know, you can like combine those two things. Well, congrats, you might be one of the best public speakers in SEO now and open up some great opportunities. And that's where I think, you know, you can take this crazy constellation of experiences like you've had, Brendan, where, you know, if you were purely to just take that perspective of, yeah, I was, I was selling geese and now I'm working with $100 million hedge funds on SEO. You know, like there, where's the thread of continuity between those two things? But there's this great evolution of that skill set and just finding through experimentation where those things overlap. And the beauty of where you've ended up is that it's, it's the end goal of a lifestyle that's fulfilling for you doing something that you find engaging. And I think so many people, we hear that all the time. It's like, well, I don't know what I'm good at. I don't know what I'm passionate about. I mean, this is this is classic example of it takes experimentation. You know, you try a lot of things, you see what sticks and what evolves. And, you know, that's actually something I'd love to ask you more about is you've ended up with uh, SEO being kind of a core focus of what you do so much every day and it being really fulfilling. Obviously, you have a really great strategic mind. There's a lot of ways that you can use a strategic mind, whether it's from marketing, from sales, positioning, SEO, so many aspects of that. Um, What is it that draws you so much more into SEO compared to somewhere else that you might apply that same kind of strategic Mm. thinking? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, just so people to give an example to what something you just said, I really did dine at the buffet of online marketing, mm-hmm. right? Like I had a podcast, I did webinars, I sold a digital product. I tried being a business coach for a little bit and that wasn't for me. Like I tried to do a ton of stuff in and above OK Kimonos, uh, and blogging and all of the like SEO. I was doing everything at once and figuring out like one of the best ways to figure out is like chill. Like we have enough time to try a bunch of things. Um, and just figure out what you're good at and figure out like what, you know, you're where you're good at the actual work, like the actual work for most people who make podcasts is not recording the podcast, it's editing, it, right? The actual work of blogging is editing your blog and, and putting it actually together 
in researching. Like, do you like the actual work of this or do you just like the end result? Mm. Like, I love having videos on YouTube, but the reason I'm doing okay with YouTube right now is because I love editing them. It's so fun. And I'm so bad at it. I do it on iMovie. <laughs> I think they're terrible. People like them. They do well sometimes. Like, but I, you know, it's just, I don't, somebody called me a Casey Neistat recently. And that was like the biggest compliment I've ever gotten <laughs> nice. my whole life. Um, so yeah, I definitely dined at the buffet of all these different things. And I think one of the reasons I do well with SEO is, is two things. Um, number one, I'm not playing the SEO game the way everybody else is. Um, a lot of other people look at it very like tactically and granularly and things like that, the way that they're taught by like the gurus. And I'm over-indexing on the things that I'm good at. Uh, relationship building, being relentlessly outgoing, teaching. I think it's another reason I do well on YouTube is because I have 10 years of looking at 17-year-olds who don't care about anything I have to say and trying to get them excited about it. Um, <laughs> I also got to teach psychology and sociology for a little bit. So I got to explain like, oh, people like when you explain things they've already observed in their life, um, makes it easy. But I think a big thing, like this all maps to here when you look backwards, right? There's a Steve Jobs quote. I'm not going to try and quote it because I always get it wrong. But like you can see how everything comes together when you look backwards. And it makes sense that I'm doing SEO now because I am outgoing. I do try to do things differently. I care about relationships. I'm extremely competitive. Um, my wife made fun of me recently because I was at a, a birthday party for my oldest son's friend and they were making those like little towers out of the marshmallows and the toothpicks. And I was just like dusting all the kids and, and be proud of it. I was just like at building the biggest tower, not helping anybody. Uh, it was so, she just looked at me. She goes, my wife Liz, she goes, really, really, Brendan? I was like, yeah, I got to win. Uh, and I like SEO because two things. Um, number one, I can win. Like if you rank first, somebody else doesn't. I like winning. I like the competitive nature of that. But I, what I also love is with what I do, I can help my friends. And like if I'm doing a guest post somewhere, yeah, I'm going to link to myself. Yeah, I'm going to link to our clients, whatever. But I'm also going to link to Fizzle, right? I'm also going to link to my buddy uh, Pete McPherson at Do You Even Blog? Like I'm going to link to all my friends as much as I can. Uh, and that's what's really exciting for me because I just, again, like just get to help and support my friends. So, uh, you went from teaching and running a side gig to doing SEO as a day job and still running a side gig, but they're more aligned at this point. You're doing similar things during the day as you're doing on your side gig, if you would call it that. What do those entrepreneurial projects look like for you now? And, um, is, is there a big difference in, in working in something that's at least related to your entrepreneurial ventures as opposed to having to switch context so much every day? I mean, I want to answer that second question first. Like the difference is, Corbett, it's mind blowing. Like just the fact that I think about what, everything is aligned, everything goes into everything else. Like there's no more context switching. There's no more guilt about like not giving my best in different areas of my life really like that's what is very difficult for humans is like the concepts I would like we've talked about before like multitasking doesn't exist it's very hard we just end up single tasking really poorly um the context switching of like all right I'm going to do this I'm going to teach three classes but then I get a prep period but I'm going to try to answer some emails and build some links in my prep period and then like back to this and then study hall and no more of that like everything it's just I plan my day and everything like this project I'm working on here 
helps this project over here, which helps my client work, which also helps my, my dev team at work and all these different things. It's wonderful. Um, what it looks like now is obviously like I can build, I, I still think like niche sites are a thing. If you can build a really helpful website around a topic, um, that's what a lot of, you know, like when you're starting in fizzle, like you end up like a lot of us start with like a niche site. Like it's very focused on one thing and it helps one specific group of people solve a couple very specific problems. Um, that's a hundred percent the way Google's going. Like they don't want as much the big authority websites that speak to everything. Cause it, like Mahalo or something, for example, or those sites that existed five years ago that were on every topic. I mean, there are still some that are pretty popular, like Quora, for example, mm-hmm, which sure. is a Q and a site with everything. But in terms of niche sites, you're talking about something like our, our friend, Matt Giovanisi, uh, who's a Fizzle member and who has a course now inside of Fizzle on affiliate marketing. He's had sites on topics from uh, Swim University, which is about pool care, to uh, brewing beer, to brewing coffee, and yep. everything in between. So that's what you mean by a niche site. It's it's a it's a site on a particular topic. Yeah, and Matt, I I've talked to Matt a lot. He's super smart. Uh, I'm actually a bon- his SEO uh, course. I'm a bonus interview in there because he link building. I do. Um, so that was cool to be able to chat about that. We ended up, that was like almost an hour or two talking about it, but, um, yeah, I've talked to Matt a lot and he's super smart. Um, people should definitely check out the affiliate marketing course that's in fizzle right now. If they haven't, um, he also has lasso, which is a really cool product. Um, I look up to Matt a lot in a lot of ways, but yeah, swim university, brew cabin, roasty coffee, uh, was really cool too. Um, but yeah, just these really focused websites. So I can build those. I do some of that. I work, I have somewhere I work with friends on it, somewhere I do them by myself. And I'm kind of building it in very much a real estate kind of way, just this portfolio of sites that brings in revenue. Um, it builds our rainy day fund. We, and I'm not going to like cool guy anybody here and say like, we, like I'm not, whatever. I'm not Ty Lopez. I don't have a Lambo in my garage, <laughs> but like we were able to just buy a van outright. We bought a new van and that's the most suburban thing ever to say, but like that meant a lot to me. To <laughs> what are we like, talking here? Like a Chrysler Pacifica or <laughs> uh, it was a, it's a, it's a 2018 Honda Odyssey. So we're yeah, pretty yeah. much, we're right. a pretty big deal. Yeah. A family hauler. Nice. <laughs> yeah. But we want, I mean, we just needed, like I have three kids and stuff. They have to get in and out of the car, whatever. I'm not going to defend the minivan choice, but you need to put, you need to make a, a YouTube video. Ty Lopez style where you roll up in your Honda Odyssey. <laughs> just here in my garage with my Odyssey. <laughs> In books, um, yeah, anyways, we're, we're big like, fans of vans around here. Jen lives in one, in fact. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> the um, what kind of van do you have, Jen? It's actually a box truck. It's a Sprinter Mercedes box oh, truck. Awesome. So it looks like a bread delivery truck on the outside, yep. but it's an apartment on the inside. Hundred percent. I feel like the out of it's not as big as yours, but uh, it's pretty big inside. We can maybe have a small apartment. Um, but anyway, yeah. able to like do that sort of stuff. Uh, it has really meant a lot. And that's what a lot of these like portfolio websites that continue to grow and things like that have been really helpful with. Um, I also got frustrated not having good SEO resources to share with people. So being the typical like ridiculous extrovert that I am, I was like, what could I do that would be hard to ignore? All right, I'll make a hundred videos, a hundred podcast episodes and a hundred blog posts all about SEO. Um, and I'm doing that. I had intended to do that like every day for a hundred days and then realized that was completely unsustainable. <laughs> so the goal, we're about halfway <laughs> this is through the, the hundred days of SEO that I, that I saw on YouTube. Yep. Yeah. Um, so hundred days of SEO, if you like videos, you can check it out. Look at hundred days of SEO on YouTube. If you like podcasts, you can find it on podcast players that you like. 
Um, or you can just go to Google 100 Days of SEO and you'll find the blog. Um, so that's a kind of the, the education part. So it's part like, you know, portfolio sites, part education and community. I'm really excited to continue growing that community for SEO for the rest of us. And then obviously making the media. I just want to have these, this media, this hundred videos that when people ask me questions, I can be like, oh, I have a video on that and I can share it with them. Uh, and then there's client work. Um, I do some outside consulting and stuff. Um, I asked, like, like I said, when I joined Click Studios uh, at first, I was like, are my clients your clients now? And they were like, no, like we don't play in the same ballpark. Just you can keep doing whatever you want. Because um, they know, like long-term, let's be honest, like one of two things will happen. I'll stay at Click for a really long time. And when we go into pitches, their marketing team will already know me from my stuff. And we'll probably get a bunch of deals we wouldn't get otherwise because they're like, oh, I'm going to like, he's good. He's going to do a good job on our SEO. I know him and I trust him. Or uh, someday, you know, down the road, I'll leave Click, but we'll have such a good relationship. They'll have supported me so much that they're playing the long game that like, then like anybody I work with on SEO, like I'll be like, do you guys, you guys really need a website? Like, here's Click Studios. Like I'll refer work to them. I'll, you know, they just, they play the long game. They're super smart in that way. So that's kind of the other part. I have my day job, but I also get to do consulting with like really cool companies. Uh, I love working with creative entrepreneurs. So that's a lot of who I work with outside of uh, Click for sure. Brennan, if, if you had to give a Fizzle member some advice, somebody who is heads down at the beginning of the roadmap, not sure how things are going to go for them. Um, they vacillate between despondency and elation on a day-to-day basis, mm-hmm. <laughs> which a lot of us as entrepreneurs do. And I can tell you, it doesn't necessarily get better or magically. Um, that was going to be my tip. I was like, this doesn't go away. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, if you're feeling that day-to-day, you're not sure if this thing is for you, if it's even possible, um, What? where would you guide someone? Um, so I want to say what, like, I want to be extremely clear that I am in no way special. Like I've, I've had been given a lot of advantages in my life and I'm really good at taking action on things. Um, but outside of that, like, I'm just like everybody else. Like if I can do this, it just takes some of us longer than others. Um, the good news is that most of us will have a long enough timeline. We all want it in the next month or six months or year. But like, I've been doing this, like I've been a Fizzle member since 2015. I've been doing things online since 2011. And it's only in the last year or two that I'm like extremely happy with everything. So I I think like for takes longer than others, kids or a family or, you know, spouse and like other things you're doing in your life, people that need you um, can take a while. I think the biggest thing is don't be afraid to, for things not to work and to stop them. Like stopping is very different than quitting. So work on something, push it, have people around you like a fizzle membership where you can be like, hey, here's what I've been doing. Here's what I've been working on. I've been pushing, pushing, pushing on this for two years. You all know, because I'm in the, you know, posting the forums all the time or however you do if you're in a mastermind group or whatever. And then eventually like your peers who care about you as a person will be like, I think, I think you've like gone as far as you can go with this. Like, it sounds to me like it's time to stop working on this, either sell it or stop it and then move on. Or like, they'll tell you, you know, you're just in that Seth Godin dip 
Like it's just, you're getting a little bit of traction. It's kind of going, but it's really hard. And like you said, you're just, your emotions are all over the place day to day, but you're just in that little dip and things are going to take off in, in short order. Having other people around you to give you that perspective, I think that community aspect is extremely valuable. That's been what's, I'm like a community junkie at this point. Like I'm in so many different online communities, most of them paid because those are people who are committed to their business and like really trying to work hard at this. Uh, they're willing to invest in themselves and their business and their future. So yeah, I, I try to surround myself with as many of those people as possible. And I think that's been like a really helpful barometer that when I'm all over the place, it keeps me a lot more level. Brendan, thank you so much for sharing some of your story with us. Uh, we're going to get you to stick around and answer questions with us. For people that are listening to this on the podcast, that will be next Friday, the Q&A episode with Brendan Hufford. If you're here live, stick around and we're going to take Q&A with Brendan starting right now. Thanks to Jen and Joe for co-hosting with me today. And thanks to our guest, Brendan Hufford, for sharing his story with us. Thanks as well to you for being here. Again, you can find show notes, including links to everything we talked about today over at fizzleshow.co slash 339. We'll be back next week with an in-depth conversation on Tuesday, followed by another member-focused Friday Q&A episode on Friday. Until next time, thanks for listening to The Fizzle Show.